Welcome to another week of It's Just My Thoughts, and I'm your host, Mika Reeves. And today I have a very special guest in the building with me, my brother-in-law, Jamonte. The only reason why I'm telling everybody you're my brother-in-law, because you're really my brother, but I don't want them to get confused about if you're really my brother or who are you. So no, we're um, best friends. We're, we're best friends on the low, but <laughs> you know, I can't let Montrese know that. I know, I know. So he's going to join me and talk it up. Um, say hello, Jamonte. Hello, world. How's everybody doing? Hope everybody's doing well. It's going to be a good episode. Um, I hope you grab a couple of the jewels out of it and um, just sit back and enjoy. So I usually start with just going over just kind of how my day was and what well, my week was rather. Uh, so how's everything been for you um, during this whole COVID thing? I was telling everybody, I think last episode that um, we've only seen each other like one time in the past three months. So it's been kind of crazy. So how has it been for y'all down in Charlotte? Um, it's been pretty well, actually. I have no complaints as far as um, on a micro level, like for my personal life. Um, obviously, there's a lot of polarizing things going on within the United States. But as far as COVID, um, I was excited about the phases. Phase one, obviously, um, I've been working since the jump, so I really haven't had any time off. But just to see uh, traffic back in the streets and people out walking, hanging out, shopping, you know, making a comedy pop again, I think that was exciting to see. Uh, phase two was a little upsetting because I was waiting for the gym to open. And that was something that didn't happen, which they said was going to happen, but it didn't. Um, so now I'm just excited to see what they have coming forward with the other phase. I think it's two more, right? Yeah, I think it's two more. But Jamonte, you're killing me with this gym thing because I feel like the gym <laughs> is one of the nastiest places you can be in. And they're probably trying to figure out um, how to make it safe. But I do understand, like, um, yeah, just being able to get back out. I mean, I haven't I, I've been peeking around corners to see when I'm going to go back into society, but I'm not really in a rush. But it's been nice to kind of let down some of my guard and kind of just be able to see my family more like I plan on coming down to see you guys pretty soon. So yeah. I'm excited about that because I mean I've been I haven't been around anybody except for the people in my house for months and it's just driving me crazy. Well, let me just say this because you, you I've I've had to debate this with a couple of my coworkers and they was asking like, bro, why why do you want to go back to the gym so quickly? Well, for one, me and my wife we don't go when there's a lot of foot traffic. We go at four or five o'clock in the morning Monday through Friday and then we may go eight to eleven over the weekend. So it's not that many people there. And before um, they closed down the gyms, they had sent everybody, all the members, an email stating that they were going to have more people on the floor cleaning. They're going to have stronger um, cleaning agents and ensure that everyone is wiping their machines down after each exercise. And, you know, I work in, I mean, um, I live in a, um, a, a black community. Um, so we're pretty good about cleaning up after ourselves and taking care of things that needs to be taken care of. So I'm not too uh, upset or I don't think I would be too guarded about contracting it there, but I understand where people are coming from. You also could wear gloves too. And you know, if you really kind of think about it, cause you guys usually wear the weightlifting gloves, right? Yeah. Or gym gloves. gloves. Yeah. And the masks aren't too bad either. It's just, I, I really want that sauna, man. I love that sauna. I understand. Well, it's all about, you know, being safe, but I think um, just seeing what happens when everything reopening with this phase two and then just going into the next phase. Yeah, I think it's in two weeks. I think, uh, I, I think it's in two weeks. I think they're trying to see what happens here. 
But ultimately, yeah. I feel like, you know, just to talk about COVID just a little bit, I think this is something that's going to just be a new normal for quite some time. And this is going to be something that we all just going to have to just get used to in general, because I think the world's going to open back up slowly but surely. And I don't know whether or not the COVID situation will be resolved, but I think it's something that's going to be part of our new normal, I think, at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So just, just learn how to kind of navigate that. But um, that's all I really had as far as like anything, everything going on in my week. This week has been crazy and we're kind of going to talk about it a little bit here in a little. So um, was there anything else you want to touch on before we go into Motivational Monday? Nope. Let's do it. All right. So this week for Motivational Monday, um, I have some quotes here that I felt was really necessary. So let me just get into that. All right. So I was looking up some things that uh, I could find that might just kind of give some level of of just upliftment or just something to think about um, with all the, you know, rioting and protesting that we're seeing. So um, I got some two quotes here from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. The first one is, a riot is the language of the unheard. When I read that, um, that really just kind of resonated with me. And then also I wanted to give another quote that says, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And so uh, I think these are two quotes that we really can sit and kind of just think about and let it resonate. So I really wanted to share that today for my Motivational Monday. My uh, Black Excellence this week, just to roll into that, you know, to be honest, um, this week has been really hard for me. It's been really heavy just with everything going on. And I, and I honestly have been trying my hardest to not be on any level of social media as much as I can. I feel like um, it's just been a level of trauma that, you know, we as Black people already have and just kind of being able to see it over and over and over and just some of the craziness that's going on. Um, you know, I've been trying to just not be on it as much and just do whatever I can to kind of stay in a good mental state. Um, because it's, it's really tiring. It's really heavy for me, uh, as, as well as everyone else. So my Black Excellence this week just goes to, you know, everyone is just letting their voices be heard, whether it's, you know, out in the streets or is, you know, on social media and using their platforms, even celebrities using their platforms. You got a lot of celebrities giving money towards uh, bailing people out of jail, you know, and everything else. So um, that's my salute to them and everyone that's, you know, speaking for uh, what they feel is right and what is right. So I definitely wanted to, um, you know, say thank you in regards to that. So let's just go into some of the discussion we have today. Um, So this week, I wanted to, I didn't really want to do too many hot topics because we don't really have that many uh, real hot topics, but I wanted to more so go into um, just some of the things that's going on or some of the things that did go on this week. So the first one I want to talk about with you, Jamonte, was the Amy Cooper situation. I'm going to first give a brief little... Uh, you mean syn- Karen. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give a brief little synopsis of what happened, and then we're going to kind of discuss a little bit. So this week, we're discussing Amy Cooper, and um, and just to give a synopsis of what happened, she was in Central Park with her dog, and Christian Cooper, a black male, was bird watching. He asked her to please um, leash her dog. As she became irate, he he started to record that she became even more irate with him recording. And smartly, I'm glad that he did record because she threatened to call 911 and proceeded to call 911 and say a black man was harassing and trying to assault her and her dog. Um, 
so that was when I saw that video, I, the first thing that came into my mind was Emmett Till. And because, mm. you know, he was accused by a white woman, this young child was accused as a white, uh, accused by a white woman of whistling at him to where, you know, he was, uh, had one of the most horrific lynchings we've seen in, um, you know, American history, especially with him being a young child. And for me, I felt like even though she quote unquote apologized, you know, I was glad that they took her dog and I was glad that she was fired. And it's just, a, I felt like she wanted this man to be crucified by, you know, threatening to call the cops when she knows that the cops, especially NYPD, has never really been for, you know, blacks. I feel like she wanted him At to all. be, you know, I don't know. She wanted him to be like George Floyd, if you ask me. But um, what's your thoughts on it? Well, she was able to to use her privilege to waste our tax dollars and call the police on a guy who was not only obeying the law, but minding his business. And I think uh, what made me so upset about about the situation is that she was so sure that this guy was just about to get the ultimate punishment for even trying to reprimand her. But like, come on, lady, you were in the wrong. There's no way around it. And even if the cops had came, he um, he was able to prove that, like, look, I wasn't doing anything. This is what happened. Here's a recording. And, you know, because of that, she got the biggest slap of karma. And she deserved it. And she didn't deserve that dog. And, you know, as dog parents, like, I was, uh, I was super tight about that. I'm like, yo, you're literally choking this dog just to prove a point. But you end up losing the dog and you end up losing your job. So good for you. And then I looked, I looked up, um, she was making like $750,000 a year. Oh my God. And I'm just saying, like, yo, was it really worth all this shit? Like my thing is, you know, my dog, um, now one of, you know, Chanel, my little dog, she crazy now, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. my bigger dog, I can take her outside without a leash. You know what I'm saying? She pretty much can, you know, stay with me or whatever. But right. I always make sure that I have my leash and everything like that to, you know, leash my dog because it is leash mm-hmm. laws, period. Like, yeah, you, right. your dog is supposed to be on a leash. And it could be somebody that are afraid of dogs don't and might not want your dog running Correct. up to them. Like, I was telling, I think I might have been telling you or my, or my trees this week. Um, I went for a run and I'm just, and I, so I went down to this side road and I was just turning around just to go back to the house. And I usually don't go into neighborhoods that I don't really know too much. So I try to just kind of like stay at the front. So I'm kind of like at the front of the street. And this dog came from the back of the house, full fucking speed up on me. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm sitting here like, well, I'm either about to get bit or, you know, I didn't know what really was going to happen. And, you know, and the people, you know, they came was like, oh, calling dog name and the dog ended up coming back. But it was no like apology or anything. And like, I'm not afraid of dogs, but I mean, I don't think anybody want an unknown dog in their space because the dog ran on me from the fucking backyard to the street, ran into the street. I thought it was like a a invisible fence or something that might stop the dog. That could have been the case, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, my thing is like, when I saw that, I was like, wow, like that shit was just absolutely crazy. And so when, when I watched it again and saw her choking that dog, you know, I was upset for the fact that I felt like she wanted this man to be to have some kind of penalty from the police. Like you're not fucking stupid. If you're a white woman and you're, and you're literally saying, I'm going to call the police and tell the police that you are trying to assault me mm-hmm. on a black male. Mm-hmm. Mind you, he would, mind you, he also Christian Cooper was also a Harvard graduate. Okay. So he's not, uh, you know, some thug or something like that. 
when when a white woman does something like that, they know exactly what they're doing. She knew exactly, exactly. What, she, what she was doing. And the way she yeah. was screaming on that phone, you really, really thought this lady was really getting fucking attacked. Getting f- bruh, yes. Crazy. Yes. That shit was it absolutely was. crazy. I was just like, whoa. And then just seeing her damn near kill that dog, I was just like, yo. And I, I didn't understand, like, it, and it wasn't like it was a big dog. It was a cocker spaniel. So it wasn't, the dog wasn't trying to get away from you. It was trying to breathe. And it seemed like every step it took back, to get some some air she was pulling harder the lady was a racist and she it just it just it burned her up inside that a black man was telling her can you please follow the rules Facts. she felt like you have no you know you know right to do something like that i mean that lady was so chopped and screwed out there you can just see it, it, it i mean i i was just in shock you know um it, and you know the thing is though that led into, I feel like, people feelings because we're coming off the Armada Arbery shooting and, you know, people having feelings with that. Then you mm-hmm. see shit like this when we're like, yo, like, when the fuck is this shit just gonna, you know, end? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you know, we go into, you know, uh, what, a, a couple of days later or a day later, you know, seeing the, the George Floyd, you know, situation, mm-hmm. which let me just give a synopsis about that. So, I kind of been digging, trying to see like what really kind of happened to where the cops came. But I think it was mm-hmm. something about like he was inside the store. The store was trying to say that he was using a counterfeit like ten dollars. This dude lost his life for ten dollars. Okay, so they were trying to accuse him of you know ten dollars. You've worked retail before. I've worked retail before. You can easily use the fucking pen and swipe the money or whatever to see if it's real or whatever. So I didn't really get that part. Um, I'm still trying to figure that out, but. Either way, once the store called the cops and the cops came, um, we more video was released this morning um, with more in depth. But basically, the the owner of the store, the worker in the store, basically said that when she called the cops and saw them fucking him up, that she literally told the people inside the store to call the cops on the cops because that's how they were fucking this dude up. So the mm. video that came out this morning, I've been trying not to look at it as much because mm-hmm. it's just been. A, a heightened level of trauma for me and I try mm-hmm. to not I don't want to see you know somebody laying dead on the street you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but um the video that came out this morning is from I guess a, um a street post I don't think somebody recorded I think it was just from a video from the cameras on from the a street, street camera yeah and it's showing them beat like one of the cops is standing with the door open watching while the cop is brutally beating him in the in the car yeah before he yeah. even, you know, came out. So then you got this dude handcuffed and you're kneeling, you know, down on his neck and he's saying he can't breathe to the point that he, you know, urinated on himself and everything like that in the middle of the street and you felt like that was okay. You know, that that, that is just that is just absolutely disgusting to me. Um the officer name was Derek uh Chauvin, I think. And um so he ended up what three days later, four days later being arrested for murder. But um, to be honest, third with degree you, murder. I mean, come on, bro. You exactly. might as well say manslaughter or something like exactly. that. Exactly. And I think that's why people are upset. And then on top of that, I think what's what got it heightened as well is that as black people, you already know when it's about to be some bullshit. Like you can sit and look at this already and be like, yeah, it's about to be some bullshit. And I say that because mm-hmm. it took them a minute to even arrest this dude. Mm-hmm. First of all, I don't understand the whole thing of if I'm in handcuffs and my and my hands are cuffed behind my back. What more of a threat can I be at this point? Why why do you have to now at this point have me down on the ground where I can't even fucking breathe and still trying to beat my ass, but I, I'm handcuffed 
Am I really, am I, yeah. mind you, the video, video even shows that he never was a threat the whole entire time. So, I mean, it's just, you know, I think just to kind of discuss the, the you know, the protests and the rioting right now, I'm not trying to say that people should be out looting and, you know, showing their ass completely, but I think we kind of get to the point that you just get tired. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm the most, I mean, you know, you call me scary all the time and I feel like I'm the scariest person in this world. But one of the re- things that make me fucking scared is that I don't ever want to do something to put myself in a situation that I got to fuck with the cops because it don't matter yeah. how much education I have or, you know, how much of a good person I am. All, all I feel like they see, you know, certain ones, you know what I'm saying? But I feel like a lot of them, you know, they see this black person and they feel like, you know, my life really doesn't matter. Mm. You know, when I'm in looking at some of these, uh, these protests and stuff, um, I've actually seen a lot of people trying to do peaceful protests, you know, mm. sitting down in the street, not doing anything. I was literally watching one, I don't know where it was. It was a line of people just literally sitting there and the cops came in full fucking gear, you know, and literally was just kicking the shit out of these people and trampled them. And it's like we're we're rioting and protesting against police brutality, but yet you're out here at the protests and and riots doing fucking police brutality. And then when people are like, "Oh, they about to," you know, they about to here they are trying to fuck us up again. Now you know that's inciting the the fucking behavior. You know, you know, it's making it worse because I don't get like I I watched a video last night and it was in New York. I don't know if you saw it or not. I know you're not on social media. But the cops literally drove through a crowd of people, literally in their fucking SUV, yo. Wow. Like while That's they were crazy. just standing there, they drove through the people. Did they anybody get ran over? I mean, the people were kind of running out the way, but I mean mm-hmm. it was a it was an aerial view. But you can I couldn't really tell whether or not people were kind of like hurt or whatever. But I mean, why why are we doing what what's happening right now? Like I, I don't I don't get it. Well, I, it, a, a mass amount of civil disorder, um, which is necessary and not necessary at the same time. But like you said, we're fed up. I mean, you know, this country was based off of racism, right? We literally, yeah. they literally, you know, we don't have to go through the last 500 years, but they, they literally brought us over from Africa and they enslaved us and they freed us. They forgot to tell us we were free. Um, shouts out to June, um, Juneteenth. And, um, you know, black Americans are tired. Even some white Americans and, and, and other races, we're actually tired of seeing people being killed for no reason. And um, I think that it, it's time for a revolution. And this type of revolution that we see with the protesting and, you know, the damage of property, that's not the way to go. Um, the way to go is to, to hurt the pockets of the people who really run this country. And it's not really the government, it's the big businesses. So yeah, I appreciate, um, I don't know if you've seen Tamika, when, Tamika Mallory, when she talked. She that. talked, um, where was she? I believe she was in Minnesota, but she, she, she made uh, a couple of comments and she said, you know, I don't give a damn about them uh, messing up Target. I don't give a damn about them messing up AutoZone because where was Target, you know, when uh, I believe it was, she mentioned, um, Freddie Gray, when, when Freddie, Gay, Freddie Gray got killed, or um, where was AutoZone when uh, Flannel Castile got shot in his vehicle? And this is literally something that you represent, but you guys didn't close on your business or, 
or show any effort towards um, helping us. So no, we, we don't care. And um, Killer Mike was also, um, he had spoken, he talked about the political side where he just feels like we just need to get out and vote. And I appreciate the candor from both sides. Um, I think they made some some very good points and I'm very proud of them um, of the way that they spoke for us. And it just, it just needs to happen quick. And not like this, oh, we're going to counsel you like we counseled Gucci, you know what I'm saying, a year back. Right. But it's like, it's literally needs to be, uh, it, it needs to be like a, an exponential thing where we keep on not buying and supporting our business and our community and watch ourselves grow. Because, I mean, we can only hold a dollar in our community for like a day versus, you know what I'm saying, a Chinese community can hold their their, their dollars in that community for like months or weeks on end. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. if the things need to change with us. Yeah, I agree with you. I I think um, this is something that I think about often and I think it could start there, but also I think it has to be a level of um, changing mindsets though. You know, yeah. I think people need to get more to the point that they're you know educating themselves and it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have a million college degrees i'm talking about like stop bullshitting around and read a book you know what i'm saying like you can you know look at nipsey he's self-educated you know what i'm saying and made a lot of sense and you know what he and his messaging was real you know and you can come from any walks of life but you know you can anybody can read a book and start educating themselves instead of instead of saying oh well you know um I don't, I don't vote because it doesn't really matter. It does matter. Like, you know, mm-hmm. going out and, and voting, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, um, black women led, you know, led, leads the charge usually for, you know, especially uh, uh, for Democrats, you know, and whether, whatever you affiliate with at the end of the day, um, you still need to go and vote. I know so many people that don't fucking vote. And even, and not just on like a presidential level, every level, you should always be voting because these are the people that's making the decisions in the places that you live. And so, you know, for me, it's just like, I understand why people protest. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be one of those people to be like, no, they shouldn't. Because I think that people are fucking tired and they're tired of, you know, living in spaces where you know, um, all this shit keeps happening. Like for me, you know, I'm a a bonus parent raising a a black male child in America where I have to sit and have conversations. Unlike, you know, my white friends where they don't have to have, have these type of conversations where I have to say, you know, when you go out, you know, you have to behave this way. When you go out, you have to be better. And when you go out, you have to, you know, do things the right way. You know what I'm saying? When he go walk the dogs at night, it could be fucking raining. I'm like, put on my rain jacket instead of putting on a hoodie and don't put the hoodie mm-hmm. over your head. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like don't do these certain things. And it's, you know, it's draining, but it's fucking trauma that we teach them at a young age to be like, yo, yeah, yeah. you know, this is the way that the world is. And this is, and, and it's so many in its differences. And we, and yeah. we, and black, black people, we have to have the conversations, you know, mm-hmm. a white person mm-hmm. grow up, they don't have to have a conversation about anything because no one mm-hmm. is sitting there just off gate racial profiling them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so, it's it's hard man it's it's really hard it's really scary you know i'm i'm tired per, me personally you know what i'm saying i'm the most i say it's all the time on here like i don't bother nobody i have time like i'm just in my own world and there's been plenty of times that i've been walking down the street and people lock their doors 
when I'm the most nonviolent person out here, you know, like, I don't even have to have to have a need to rob anybody, but they're just afraid and have a fear of black people off gate. And that's the shit that has to change. And to be honest with you, like I had a friend one, I had a a conversation the other day with one of my, with Brooke, my, you know, my white friend, and she's Mm -hmm. actually one of my best friends. And, um, you know, she was crying and she was just like, you know, me, I'm really fucking sorry that like, this shit has to even be like this and how like she's proud to have her daughter, you know, around, around me and like my family and stuff, because she wants her daughter to see that, you know, these, like, you know, some black people are good people, you know, she didn't want her daughter to, to just only know, you know, one, one race, you know, like have diversity and things like that and see like, it's nothing, there's nothing to fear, you know, and that we're all the same, you know what I'm saying? And so I think it's important to have allies, but, you know, when I was talking to her and we were just kind of talking about changes that need to happen, you know, the changes need to come with white people raising their fucking kids to be fucking racist and passing mm-hmm. that shit down and keep passing down, keep passing down. When a kid, when a mm-hmm. kid come out, mm-hmm. you know, at the beginning, a kid does not know what the fuck racism is. It's taught, it's taught it's behavior. Taught. And it's that's something right. that's being passed down and passed down and passed down and passed down. And that's the shit that has to fucking stop. And it's, and it starts with just something as simple as, you know, somebody like Brooke, but you know, and then it, then it keeps going to the next generation. Like this, this yeah. shit is not, it's just, it's shit that's taught to you. You're, you're mm-hmm. taught from either and, your family or whoever. And I, I don't know if a lot of people realize this, but it's not just uh black and white. Cause there's, there's also a gray area of other races who don't care for black American Americans as well. Like um, Chinese. Or, or just about any Asian um, race, they do not, they, I mean, they look at us in awe when we come to their country because it's like, oh, there's a black person. Like, we don't see them too often. You may have some people who migrated from Africa and their families are in Europe, you know what I'm saying? They might travel through for vacation like that, but um, they don't see us as often and they, they frown upon us just as, just as well. And in some instances, I have a couple of Hispanic coworkers where they say, um, and in their country, they don't really too much care for us anyway, because I, we're, we're kind of, we're stuck between literally Plymouth Rock and like, you know, uh, a statue of George Washington where it's like, okay, well, we were stripped away from our heritage and here we are in America and we're, we're three-fifths of a person in the constitution, but, and we have rights, but it's like, you still have these set of systematic, uh, systematic things in place where it's just kind of hard for us to thrive and we can't be blamed for, uh, I guess the turmoil we've been through. Yeah. We've, we've exacerbated it because that's all we know. And this, these are the situations that we've been put in. This is how we've been taught to grow, but it's, it's, it's almost impossible if the system doesn't change. And I don't believe it will change because this is how America makes their money. Yeah. Divide and conquer. Yeah. And, um, but I feel like if people want to go out and fucking protest, though, if that's what they want to do, they should be able to they should be able to do that without getting fucked up. Because here in North Carolina, you know, because you had a you had a protest there in Charlotte. We had a protest here. We had protests in Raleigh for people to reopen, you know, America. And they had the Mm -hmm. Trump signs out there. It wasn't cops out there beating their ass. Like, I mean, last night here in, in Greensboro, where I live, like, you know, they're letting off tear gas and all this shit, you know, on people and their kids and everything else. And I'm like, but why weren't y'all, why didn't y'all have the same energy when people were out here saying reopen, 
You know what I'm saying? North right. Carolina. Very peaceful. Right. It was very peaceful. Very peaceful. You know, y'all didn't and fuck it, nobody up. There, there are some snakes in the grass. They had guns and everything out there. Armed yeah, people there, out there. There are some real, because if that was the case, then when they were standing in uh, a Mar Arborish neighborhood and they were locked in those, that's when you thought that it should have been a little confrontation, a little friction, right? Because the, the police didn't even want to, um, they didn't even want to even come close to the guys who were walking through that neighborhood with, like, I think they had like AR-15s. Exactly. Different type crazy. of assault rifles. But there are snakes in the grass because I've seen a couple of videos and this is what really made me stop watching because it's like, okay, here's the point where you have to realize that you can't believe everything that you see in the media. No, you can't. It was a couple of guys who quote unquote were undercover cops or whatever they were. And they were the ones who started busting out the glasses in AutoZone in, 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 in Minnesota. And they were um, the ones to set fire to a couple of cars in New York. But here it is. Every video I see, it's just me. This is what I've seen. It's always the other race that's really fucking shit up. I mean, you might see a couple of videos of kids, you know what I'm saying, like of, of black kids doing the same. But as far as like seeing like the instigators, I've been seeing a bunch of a bunch of white kids. I have too. I watched a video with them in Oakland, and it was uh, a fucking mob of white people busting out the damn store windows. But yeah. I feel like they're in, they're trying to I I don't I don't know like I feel like you got the black people like you, you literally in this video I watched it was black people yelling at them saying what the fuck are y'all doing like yeah. why are y'all busting out why are y'all busting out these store windows and everything like that yeah. and then then the media because was they, kind of twisted and try to show exactly. like black people are doing it and like we're not even yes. fucking doing it yes and what, what's messed up about it is the whole thing about it is I was having this conversation um this morning with one of my friends and uh, we both agreed that. Uh, because here in Charlotte, um, the, one of the longest roads in um, Charlotte, North Carolina, is Bates Four Road, and um, one of the the protest the the protest that uh, ensued here was at the precinct um, there on Bates Four Road, and it was led by supposedly a whole bunch of um, white Americans. And it's like, okay, well, why didn't you take them to the precinct downtown? That's the main precinct. Why is every protest and every riot going on in the black community to the point where when they finish putting it up in flames and everything dies down, you have nothing. Right. We have nothing to go back to. Because I even heard in Charlotte, it was starting to get kind of really close to neighborhoods, like with families. Uh, well, the, the, the precinct on Bettysford Road, it's, it's, um, that, that is a big neighborhood. It's an um, underserved, underprivileged neighborhood. And um, there's a lot of houses around there, but yeah, there, it, yeah, it's kind of a food desert though. You just got a whole bunch of um, restaurants, fast food restaurants, and a Family Dollar here and there, quick pawn shop, something like that. So, yeah, it's just, this is all this is all really really heavy. We could talk about this shit forever. So you know, my thing is, if I had a takeaway from all of this, like I don't personally see anything wrong with you know peaceful protests and stuff like that unfortunately mm -hmm. like you know it's just a lot and then on top of that when you have leadership saying he's gonna call in the national guard and and fuck up the thugs and all that stuff i mean it just yeah. it just incites people to take it upon themselves to go and you know thinking they're doing things for america and and it's not really the case um yeah 
And uh, I don't know. I just, you know, I just feel like, you know, all I can do really um, in a lot of ways is just say prayers for people, man. And just, you know, the shit people do, to be completely honest with you, because, you know, hatred is something that I'm never going to understand. I'm never going to understand why people I never understand why people care so fucking much. Like I never, I never, I've never understood me as a person, why people care so much about who you love, your skin color, what you doing, you know, mm-hmm. like why do people take it upon themselves to go and walk over to you while you minding your business? Like why the fuck does it matter? Like just, yeah, you know, like, but that, that's what I never understand with just being in America. Like I really well, a, don't. I believe it's a, it's a, it's a, a mixture of things. First, first of all, you have, you know, superiority complex where you know they feel like um we're better than our other counterparts and that's not really the case but because of the way that um uh, america came about you know that's what they thrive off of and you know this these events are cyclical you know they they happen it's it's historic it's back to back to back just how you mentioned you know it was the, the amy thing and then you know it was the george thing um, but in between that, I mean, excuse me, it was the Amari thing. And then yeah. uh, in between that, it was uh, Brianna Taylor, right? Yeah. Brianna yeah. Taylor. And then then it was George. But prior to that, um, when we were talking about the, the the protesting that was going on a few years ago here in Charlotte, that was Keith. Right. You know what I'm saying? That 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 fellow got um, shot by some a police officer. So it's, it, it continues to happen. And, you know, we've turned a blind eye. We've allowed the media to play us. We've allowed the, the judicial system to play us by just arresting these guys and trying them, you know, going through the court process, knowing that it's mostly on that side. And even if they do get convicted, there's a possibility they can get out on good behavior. Right. You see what I'm saying? Exactly. And then they get, uh, um, they get time, you know, and they do this little bit of time, but they, it literally, it, in situations like this, and, you know, I'm a changed person, but, you know, sometimes my hatred, it ensues and I just feel like sometimes it should be an eye for an eye because you you're literally just doing this for no reason. Right. I understand that though. I mean that's 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 real though. And I I, I get that, honestly, because I but that's what I'm saying. I think it's getting to a point where people are fucking tired. So when people are like, yeah. you know, why are people out here, you know what I'm saying, fucking some shit up? Because I mean, that's where we at. That that right now, yeah. like that's pretty much where it where it's getting at because you just get tired of just trying to live and you got people out here that just want to fuck with you. For no reason, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like it's I just agree. ridiculous. But um, that's all we really have for the the hot topics. That was a good conversation, though. Um, yeah. Rest in peace, George Floyd. Yeah, um, seriously, man. And every other person has lost their life to gun violence and to police br- brutality. For sure. And um, this week, this kind of leads into um the thought of the week. And so this week, you know, I wanted to have a intimate conversation with you about uh self-identity and just you know going into your maturation process so let's uh let's just get into that all right so two episodes ago i had a conversation about um you know how i felt like boosie comments um and just to give a brief synopsis of what i was talking about in that episode i was talking about how he basically went on uh, Instagram Live and he spoke about how um, he made sure that his nephews and his son, um, you know, was going to, you know, get an introduction to sex. He solicited sex for them from adult women 
and mm-hmm. um you know allow them to have sex and things like that and he took it as a <laughs> uh, like kind of like a pride thing that they you know was going to do that he also made statements about like you know they know what the deal is and and also saying that you know basically the way he basically said it was kind of like you know this will stop them from being gay in a sense or something like that like it was a whole bunch of innuendos he was throwing out there as to why he felt like he needed to do <laughs> And um, which I thought was crazy. But I was listening to this other podcast and um, they were discussing that. And I'm going to ask you these questions because obviously, you know, I think it's different perspectives for girls and boys. So I want to ask this from a male perspective. Um, They were saying that even when they went to college or like in high school and and to be completely honest with you, like with us raising a a young male in today's society, I know he has Mm -hmm. pressures about sex because sex is Mm -hmm. every fucking where way more than Mm -hmm. when we were young, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. they can easily just go on Pornhub and do all types of shit, Um, Mm -hmm. way more access than we have for any of this shit. And so I know that I know that he has pressure for sure. And so I was listening to this podcast and they were saying that they had pressure to be cool. And even when they went to college, like, you know, um, they would have pressures of like, Oh, did you have sex on spring break? Or you ain't you ain't have sex spring break? And just yeah. basically feeling like they had to be cool for their boys. So is that something that you feel like you can identify with or something that you kind of experience? Um shout out to Boosie Boo, man. <laughs> I, I used to listen to Boosie a lot when I was younger. Uh, nowadays that's just something that I just can't even get with. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I I I, I definitely heard that he solicited sex for his children. And um, I think that's a little bit too young to be getting introduced to that, that lifestyle um, because you have the rest of your life to indulge in that. Um, and they but were as 12. Far, right, right. That's fucking and, crazy. And, and as, as far as your question, yes and no. I mean, because, you know, as an adolescent, I believe that um, peer pressure it it it, it kind of drives all decisions and um I, I i did have an issue with peer pressure but at the same time i wanted to to make sure that you know i did get the experience that everyone was talking about um i was popular by default <laughs> simply because i just i knew everybody i went to school we went to elementary school middle school high school you know i grew up in a a, a good home i dressed well I was attractive, you know, so girls, you know, they knew me and the homies wanted to hang with me. So it was all good, but no, I I never had the pressure of wanting to have sex. I did though, but it wasn't like I had my friends talking bad about me because I was flirting with this girl or writing messages to this girl and I didn't get to finger her in class or, you know, suck on her boobs you know, on a bus, it was just whenever I did it, it's when I did it. But did you feel, um, and not trying to be too uh, all in your business, but I mean, at, yeah. at this point, but did you feel elated? Like, did you feel like that this was something that, do you think, I, I can go into the next question of just kind of like, do you think sex gives you a level of manhood? Did you feel that way? Like, did, like cause some men feel like if they, if they're still a virgin, um, like one of my best friends, he's a guy, he lost his virginity at 27. And I thought that was awesome, in my opinion, you know? And then, so, you know, what I'm wondering is, like, for you, do you feel like losing your virginity um, early or something like that, or just going into sex early, do you feel like that's, like, uh, gives you a heightened level of just your, like, your manhood? No. Uh, it's it's good to experience it at an early age, but 
I don't think it defines you as a man. Um, Do you think it's good I mean, to experience speak- it at a young age? I don't think so. Look, think looking looking back look, looking back at it now, you know, at, at almost I'll be thirty two in August. It's you know I feel like sex is overrated, and uh, but to, it's it's kind of hard because I, I grew up in the church, right? So if you if you follow the, the 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 rules of the Bible and it tells you that you're not supposed to have sex before you're married, but then on the outside of church, you know what I'm saying? When you leave and you go to school Monday through Friday, or you sitting at home, you looking at these videos, or you stand up late past your bedtime and you happen to catch BT uncut. You know what I'm saying? Like That's those right. are the things that you see, right? And those are the things that influence you. So then you, you're, you're curious and you, you want to experience it. And then when you experience it, I feel like everybody I've talked to, they always say that their first time was trash. And my first time was trash. And I wish it would have been with somebody more special, but it wasn't. It was with a, 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 a hottie and, or a thotty. I don't know. What or a random, a random person. Or, yeah. Nah, she went random. I, I ain't been too big. I haven't been. I wasn't a random person. But what but, I'm saying is, like, somebody you didn't really have deep feelings for. It was just like, yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. 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 So, I, I mean, that's how I feel about it. Well, to be honest with you, the messaging that I give, you know, in my house is, you know, I'm not going to always be around. And it's something that, you know, you're probably going to do sooner or later. But, you know, even if it's later, say when you go off to college or something like that, you should do it with, you should take those steps with someone that you actually care about. Because I just think the way you go into it, your introduction to it, and the way you kind of like have your thought process towards it, because I mean, you've known, I've known you since you were 17 and you know me. And um, that was pretty tragic for, you know, for quite some time in there, but it was just like, um, you know, like I was pretty careless with, you know, the way that I went into situations, the way that I viewed sex and the way that I viewed other people. Like, and I really didn't think about people feelings in general, you know, which made me very careless and irresponsible, um, you know, as far as like with, you know, sex. And Mm -hmm. I just kind of give the message of you should at least wait until you feel like, you know, you actually like a person instead of just doing these you know, like just with kind of like randoms and stuff like people you don't really care about because I just think that, you know, so many energies that you get in from people and all that stuff. And you might not understand it at 17, 18 years old, but when you start getting older, you know, you start thinking about just some of the shit you've done. Like it kind of started, for me, it started resonating like, dang, you know, like, I wish I could go back and do stuff differently. Like if I could do it all over again, I definitely would have waited a lot longer to even have, start having sex because it really wasn't a rush. And Mm -hmm. I really didn't even know what the fuck I was doing or what I even liked until way later, you know, in life. Mm -hmm. And, um, but you just felt like, you know, especially in college, like, okay, this is what I should be doing now, you know? And, uh, I never really had a real conversation about it's okay if you're not doing that, you know, but once you kind of get started, you, you wide open, you know, you like, oh shit, you know, you in there. And that's why I think it's, you should be careful when you just get started because yeah. Once you get started and now you know what's going on, now you're even more curious. Yeah. Like, well, I wonder what everybody else is like. You know, I wonder mm-hmm. what they, you know, and all that stuff. So, um, my, my mom did a, a good job. Shout out to my mom. Mom, I love you if you listen to this. Aquanetta, she, um, she definitely scared the shit out of me. But when I was coming up, she was like, I'm, I'm telling you right now, you, you go stick your little Peter in, in one of them girls and it fall off or it start burning. Don't you come hollering, hollering to me. Or her favorite line was, I'm not taking care of no child. 
And that used to scare me because, you know, in health class, they, t- they, they told you you could still get uh, females pregnant even if you use protection. So I'm right. like, man, I don't know. If I'm... So what really threw me off the rocker was a, a, a sort of a, I don't know if you can call it a long-term relationship because, you know, when you're in high school, everything is serious, but it's really not once you get older. Right. But a long-term le- relationship from 10th to 11th grade, um, and then that female ended up going off to college and it ended rocky. So it was almost like every venture that I had sexually was was for revenge from pain. So right. uh, I don't think that, going back to what I said earlier, it was just the peer pressure. But it was just the experience of, of being a teenager. Okay, you brought up a good point right here. And and this is not a question that I actually had on the list, but why do you mm-hmm. think that, and just, this is just your opinion off, off the cuff of, you know, your mind. Why do you mm-hmm. think that with, with boys, you know, when y'all have experiences of hurt and stuff like that, why is it something that can shape you or stick with you so much, you know, opposed to like the level of what a woman can take? Women are built differently, man. Shout out to women. I love them so much, especially black women, man. It's it, boys and girls are raised differently i kind of look at it it's almost like nature versus nurture right in comparison because you have you on the nature on the nature side men in america or boys in america they inherit masculinity or toxic masculinity in some cases to the point where you know the western culture has taught us male dominance or you know to date many women you know without uh the thought of courting you know or or making it serious or or being obligated to be the 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 head of the household or you know pressured into sexual experiences at early ages and on the other side you have girls who are taught to aspire to marry don't be promiscuous always be a lady always be respectful and not all of them come out that way and not all of the boys come out, you know, with, you know, these toxic, toxic characteristics, but majority of them do Yeah. on, on, on both sides. Yeah. So I, I think it really just depends on your, your household and who's raising you and what you're learning and what's sticking to you because you can unlearn. Yeah. So, and you probably will unlearn somewhere in life because, you know, a lot of times, um, just because your parents feel a certain way or they have their ideals, you as an individual, as you, as you grow up, you're going to have your own, you know, ideals and things like that. So I went through right. that where, you know, I, I'm still unlearning shit and just being Facts. more open yeah. and just, you know, coming into a, you know, a different level of like my maturation process at 35, you know, where I'm like, yo, I definitely, you know, if I had a kid myself, like I definitely would not do, half the shit that my parents did as far as like you know my raising upbringing and it's no knock to them but it's just I think they did the best they could with what they had but the fact that I have a different level of understanding and just kind of like um how I want to be like I want to you know kind of have more you know conscious parenting and not like where whatever say I say go and you know you do what I say you know like you know like as far as like never I don't like when people don't let their kids have opinions, you know what I'm saying? Because they do have opinions and they do have feelings and they do have thoughts. And I was raised where you were seen and not heard. Your mama told you and your dad told you something. That's what it was with no explanation as to why this may be important. And Mm -hmm. you didn't have any conversation. This is what it is, you know? And if you don't fucking do it or whatever, you know, we're probably going to damn 
beat your ass probably <laughs> so this is what it is like yeah. you know what i'm saying i mean and then it's like you know that's fucking trauma though it and, is. and people don't realize that like you're giving trauma at an early age to your kid yeah yeah you, know? you can you can definitely inherit trauma and you know, as 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 a culture as a black within black culture we don't we don't realize that because i think this generation starting with millennials we're the ones who are really starting to embrace mental health. Yeah. And I think we'll be able to pass that down to our children and allow them to understand like if this if, if what you're doing is incorrectly, no, I'm not going to punish you by physically hurting you, but I'm gonna let you know it was wrong and let you know the consequences. I it, it, I think that it was like you said, it was do as I say, not as I do, but it it should have been that was back in the day but now it's it's you're gonna do as i say and you're gonna see what i do and know that the way that i'm carrying myself is the way that you should carry yourself so if you don't see me doing that then you shouldn't be doing it either right yeah. i agree and i i hate when people say stuff like that like you know use the statement of you know i'm an adult so i can do this you need to be better than me but i think as a parent you should give you know the example that should be set for, you know, what you, you know, what you feel and how you feel like they should govern themselves as well based on you. Um, so with that being said, how and when did you come into knowing yourself? Like as far as your self-identity? Um, <clears throat> as a, as a, as a, a, a young adult or now, because it's different. I, the, the well, we can talk about, we can talk about, you as a like you as a young adult like how okay you so know, okay gotcha and then so going came, into now and then going into now it came it came probably at 21 is that the average age for you to realize like this is you're an adult now yeah so it, yeah. for me it was 20 it, it was 21 and um i think my my mom had dumped all of the responsibilities that she was carrying for me onto my back. And she said, Hey, this is, this is it. You're a man. Now you're 21. You, you, you literally can drink, bro. So it's time for you to start paying your card note. It's time for you to start paying your insurance. And at that time I had just came home from school over the summer. So she was like, you're going to get a summer job and you're going to rent out your room. So I'm like, damn bro, I gotta do all that and at that time I'm like okay well this is what she meant when she said that all of her money was always tied up in bills and to be thankful for everything that I received as a child because a lot of kids weren't getting those things and I realized that and I started to work harder and, and, and focus more and those it, it didn't always turn out in my favor but I still understood what was ahead of me. And I think that's the most important part. Yeah. And so how do you feel like, you know, um, with you, you know, uh, this can go into our next kind of question. Like, I know you, you know, you kind of, with me knowing you, like I said, I've known you since a teenager and then knowing you now, mm -hmm. like as a grown ass man, I mean, it's two completely yeah. different things. I mean, I think honestly, even in the, in your thirties, you're completely different from, you know, you at 25, you know, yeah. So, you know, every 
so few years i feel like i've seen you know exponential growth with you in general um yeah yeah definitely and it's important though because some people you know like i last week i made a comment and i was talking about friendships and just moving forward i'm like you have some people who were the same way you know in college same way in high Mm -hmm. school you know we in our 30s and they're still the same fucking way you know what i'm saying like and they haven't matured at all and so what what um do you think has helped you kind of just come into your maturation process uh, it's it's been a couple of things. Uh, d- number one, I want to say the two phenomenal women in my life, which is my wife and my mother. Um, Shouts out to them, Montrese and Aquanetta. Um, and they needed me to to be the man that I am, the man that I am becoming, because it's just us. Um, and I think it was necessary because I, the reason a, a lot of men are the way that they are in their thirties, um, back from when they were in their twenties or even sometimes their teenage years, just sitting there on the game, just um, in front of the TV, just playing the game all the time. I just don't understand how they could do that. Um, it's because they, they haven't accepted the things that they need to work on with themselves. And I think that was, the second step to what I needed to do was to accept my faults and to understand that, no, you're not perfect. And no, you're not going to get to where you want to get to as quickly as you want to get to it. But that doesn't mean that you should beat yourself up about it. And um, so I did that, but I had to hit rock bottom first. And my rock bottom was when I lost my little brother, my little brother, uh, Justin Miller was 23. When he died, he died um, 2018, and uh, he was murdered by his girlfriend. And she was acqu- not acquitted because she didn't even go to trial, but um, she pleaded self-defense. And um, anybody who knew my brother knew that we grew up in a household where a two-parent household, and my 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 father, my stepdad, never put his hands on my mom, so we didn't even experience. Um, domestic abuse in the home right Uh, so we knew that was a lie uh so i hit rock bottom with that and you know i was abusing alcohol and you know and i was angry angry at the world and i just woke up one day and was like yo i don't want to live like this and it was at that point that i realized that you know i'm gonna have to do some type of soul searching and i admitted to my wife i was like i have a problem i've been drinking a lot and i know it and it's been to suppress my feelings and to kind of you know cope with what's been happening and the way watching my mom deal with the death of my brother how she's been doing dealing with it you know and still trying to be strong for her and kind of neglecting myself so it was some, some reflection points that i had to have and i did and it took me a while to get into motion but it, it happened. And for a while, you know, my wife was telling me, you, you need to go to grief counseling with your mom. Not, because not only does she need you, you need to be there yourself. So I'm like, nah, you know, I'm good. You know, I got this going on. I'm gonna keep myself busy, making excuses. And uh, those excuses were never valid. It was just because I didn't understand the benefits of getting 
your frustration out and talking to someone who wouldn't be biased. Because I could always talk to Montrese. I could always talk to you. And in some instances, I could talk to my mom, but she was in so much pain. It's like, I don't want to dump what I have on her. So, okay, maybe I should give this this lady a try. So I gave her a try and she was a phenomenal woman. She listened. She gave me assignments and I felt better coming out. And I I don't go now. Um, I feel like I haven't grown out of, uh, out of um, counseling or therapy. It's just that I'm going to try this on my own and see if I can't come up with some things that I can do for myself that allow me to grow. And so far, so good. It's been working for me. Well, um, you know, when it comes to therapy too, like, you know, um, you know, I go, I used to, I used to go when I first started, I used to go once a week and I used to shit sometimes mm-hmm. go uh, multiple times in the week if I feel like I need it now. Like I pretty much go like every three weeks or something like that or once a month, you know? Yeah. Um, and just throw in times that I feel like I need it if I need it. But um, you know, it's nothing wrong if, you know, you don't go, you know, and if you feel like a, if you have, as long as you have awareness, like if you feel like it's a moment that you might need to go or kind of like sort of do some stuff, you just go, you know, right. you pop in. And then if you feel like that, you know, um, you don't need it right now, you don't need it. Like for me, I feel yeah. like it's necessary for me to go consistently only from the standpoint of, um, I have a lot of stuff that's going on and, and working, uh, like just like, like things working like this, like constantly Mm -hmm. like circling my brain. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I can't turn my fucking brain off. And so like, I Mm -hmm. have to go sometimes just to talk it out with someone that, like you said, like that's not biased, but also just, you know, like I don't always want to dump everything on people. Like, you know, my friends and all that, even though they're there, but we're all, we're all dealing with shit with life. You know what I'm saying? And like, you know, I don't want to always just, you know, lay my shit out there for somebody else when you know at the end of the day i will say this much everybody in my life life is pretty much um team mika so if i told them anybody was fucking with me it would be like um fuck them you know and it it would never really be where even if i'm wrong like sometimes i'm like i'm not always right you know i want somebody to tell me like you know proper tools or sometimes that i'm wrong and i don't really think honestly i don't think there's no one in my life that'd be like you wrong all y'all be like, you right. No, Jamonte, you you never really tell me I'm wrong, bro. Bruh, I've told okay, first of all, to the world, I just want to let uh y'all know that we both are Virgos, right? So we clash often. And I would definitely tell her when she's wrong because majority of the time I need to be right. It's it's imperative that I'm right. And she likes to play the big sister role, but that doesn't work with me. So yeah. I, I put her in her place. You know, you're never, you're never right though. Yeah, <laughs> that's what's crazy See? about the whole thing. So I just let you live sometimes, and I'm like, okay, Get but no. no, that's really, it's, it's that's me, really the truth. The um, yeah, most of the times I'm pretty much right. But the thing is, is though, but if I called and said something was bothering me, I feel like y'all just you will listen to me, or my trees will listen to me from in. Oh like, yeah, kind of like sure. just. Be like, well, Mika, I get what you're saying. Because, I mean, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, that, I could really be telling you my truth, but my truth might not necessarily be, you know, exactly. the 100% the picture. You know what I'm saying? That's any, yeah. that's any, any story that anybody tell you. It's always somebody can come and tell you the exact same story with their whole perspective, you know, over there. Yeah. So that's why, for me, you know, therapy is kind of something that is important. I'm still trying to break myself down and, you know, still unlearn stuff and figure shit out with myself or whatever. But I was glad when you went to therapy. You know, because um, 
obviously I don't live with you and I don't know all the details about, you know, what goes on in you guys' household. Um, you know, and, and I don't be try to be too much in you guys' business either. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, grief is something that uh, I tell everybody, like, I'm like, you never really get over, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, mm-hmm. you just try to figure out how to work through it and live with it and, you know, find ways to, um, you know, continue to celebrate the person and things like that. But you never, you know, yeah. you never get over it. And you got to know, yeah. you have to know how to navigate that shit and, you know, and be there for your mom and things like that. And mm-hmm. it's not always easy and it's, and it's very hard to do, you know? Yeah. So it's I was glad too- when you, when you went. Yeah, to to this day, um, it's still hard. I sometimes I wake up in cold sweats because I've I've had a dream about my brother, or I've had um, uh, a dream about the absence of another um, family member. And for me, I think because because people used to ask me like, you know, I, I had my moments where I, I I broke down, you know, I cried, but for mo for the most part, it was just anger, right? You know what yeah. I'm saying? I, I I would shed a tear here and there, but it was just anger, so just just pent pent up. And people would ask me, like, bro, I, I feel like you dealing with it, bro. Are you okay? You know, I would always say, yeah. But no, in the inside, it was it was a big no. It was a big no that was etched um, into my heart. And I just knew that, okay, there's only one life, Jamonte. So if you're, if you're going to live your life like this, then you might as well go, you know what I'm saying, go, go sit in a corner somewhere and, and, and cry. Or you take responsibility for the things that you 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 endure, even if it's not your fault, and and just try to make it better. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I for me, um, the small things um, is what I have gratitude for. I think that's what makes life so beautiful. Um, because if you wake up and which is part of my my, my routine, um, I guess a, a ritual now because I do it. Uh, often if not every day but um i i literally just say this this just i i i have um like a gratitude saying that i say when i wake up and just like okay when i get out to bed okay i woke up that's a blessing that's the first blessing okay i can see you know what i'm saying like i i, I can stand up i can use my my legs i can use my arms you know what i'm saying my heart's yeah. still beating i can go in there and brush my teeth and wash my feet i mean wash my face I go to, I go downstairs by myself, take my dog out, crank up my car. You see what I'm saying? Those are the things that I'm very grateful for because that can be taken away at any second. Right. And, and a lot of people don't realize that. And I, I literally, I live like it's my last day. Not saying like I'm on this like just this just suicide rampage or some shit like right. that. But it's like you never know. So always be gracious of the present moment. Right. I understand that. And I, I, I think that's, that's important. Um, I was going to ask you about your self-care routine. I know you're getting up. Do you still get up at four in the morning and do your yoga and stuff? Man, or? this quarantine got me fucked up, bro. I've been lazy. I probably gained like 10 pounds. I'm lying. I have high metabolism. Shout out to all people who got high metabolism, man. Which is not. But, me. uh, <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling it's, you. It's, a, it's a gift and a curse. But um, yeah, my, my routine is definitely the same. Um, I just don't get up as early anymore because we don't go to the gym in the morning. So instead of getting up at four, you know, I'll, I'll get up at maybe like five, five thirty, just to get um like a yoga, a, a yoga, yoga morning stretch going um, just to wake my body up. And, yeah. and I think that's very important for anybody of any age to ensure that you stretch your muscles. 
Yeah. Okay. Because especially if you're sitting at home now and you have the opportunity to work from home during this pandemic, bro, get the fuck up and stretch. Or, or, go or walk around, go, go up and down your steps. 30 minutes, that's all it takes. It's, it, yeah. it's not hard. Break a sweat because it's important. And get some sun. Okay, stop sitting up under these fluorescent lights. And if you're in front of a computer screen all day, um, make sure you turn down the brightness of it because it's, 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 it's fucking with your eyes. Yeah. Um, but other than that, after I do that and I walk my dog, I come in and I read my affirmations. And um, I don't look at my phone for at least the first hour that I'm up, um, unless it's because I have, I mean, I have an affirmation app. So I look at that. But as far as like emails or messages or, you know, things that I need to be prepared for for work, I don't look at um, because if you're not mentally prepared for a good or, or, or bad message, then it could literally fuck up your whole day. So and I think that my routine helps me with uh, going forward with the day. So after that, you know, after my affirmations and I do my stretches, if I'm not off to the gym, then I'm making me a uh, some type of protein shake or some type of elixir and uh, just preparing for the morning. And I definitely get my reads in at least an hour. I, I at least have to read for an hour out of the day, whether it's before I go to bed, I have to flip some pages because knowledge is power and and but it's only power when it's applied right so right at 32 years old you know i'm thinking about or i'm trying to build my family so you know going forward into the future how can i raise a child if i don't know shit and not to say i didn't know shit prior to that you know what i'm saying but my stubbornness kind of held me back from learning more you know and at this point now i don't want to be stagnant you know what i'm saying i want to know enough to know that i don't know nothing at all so that's where that's where i am with it that's good and i think that was that was a good place to kind of you know um you know end this on but i i will say this much um you know obviously you're one of my favorite people i respect you a lot um you know i was happy when you know my trees you know got married you guys were together forever and you're 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 a brave soul but um (laughs) but nah but i mean you know just seeing you and seeing you grow and seeing seeing how you are just like now i can i can actually say like seeing you as a man you know like when i first met Mm. you obviously you were still you know a young man you know and now i see you as truly you know a man you know i wanted to get you on here because i think your your journey and your story is something that you know, maybe somebody young can resonate with just listening to it mm-hmm. and just kind of like, you know, seeing that it's okay for you as a black male to go to therapy. It's okay to say that, yeah. you know, you need to help. It's okay to seek the help and it's okay to, you know, lean on, um, you know, your family, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, you know, your wife and your mom. So, um, yeah. you know, it's really important conversation. So I'm glad that we were able to have the conversation today. I also, yeah. um, at this point, want you to let people know where they can find you, pub your stuff that you got going on, and let them know what you got going on. Okay. Um, so I'm not a big social media person. Um, I'm very introverted, and that's why I love my wife so much, because she's very gregarious, and she's outgoing, and that's we're, we're the yin and, yin and yang. Um, but we have a um, social media handle on Instagram, which is Wallway Wellness. That's W-A-L-L. W-A-Y, wellness, 
W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S. So you can find me there. Uh, we post a lot of exercises. Um, we're pescatarians that practice practices vegetarianism and veganism. And um, we post our meals. We post our, 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 our loving family, which includes um, our puppy. And um, just a happy family. Man, life is beautiful, bro. Don't take it for granted, you know. Um, I think that's what's most important out of all of this. And I really appreciate you for having this, this platform and allowing people to come on to express themselves and for you to express yourself. Um, because out of all the books that I've been reading, I've, I, I read a lot of finance books. I, I, read, a, I read a lot of books about monetary policy. I, I read a lot of books on neuroscience and I've read a couple of books on mental health. And out of all of them, they say, in order for you to receive the gift from the universe, you have to first give yourself to the world as a as uh, as a gift. Like, so this is the gift that you're giving to the world, and I think it's going to come back tenfold. It, it it may be tomorrow. It may you know be a couple of years down the road, but it's definitely coming. So I'm proud of you, and I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. That's really nice. And I'm, I'm hoping something comes to me, <laughs> but, uh, but that's all I had today. And that was pretty much our thought of the week. And I also want to um, thank you too for coming on and also let you know that uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at IJMT podcast. You can find me on Instagram. I do Instagram lives and I'm kind of around on at it's just my thoughts underscore podcast. You also can find my podcast streaming on most uh you know, streaming platforms. Um, also, if you want to contact me through email, my email is ijmtpodcasts at gmail.com. Like always, uh, thank you so much for listening. It's Mika here and I appreciate you. See you guys.